Wouldn't you love it if your friends properly understood the phrase separation of church and state? I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Thank you for liking and sharing our videos. We're about to show you a short little four-minute video that you're really going to want to share with your friends and family, and you'll understand more as we go along here. My friend and colleague Howard Goldthwaite is here. He's Senior Creative Director at First Thanks. Liberty Institute. Hey, Howard. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's good to have you. I didn't have any choice because you invited yourself, <laughs> basically. said, so I want to be on the show. Not true. <laughs> hey, rather than just rolling your eyes, okay. when people say and misconstrue the meaning oh. of separation of church and state, you decided to do something creative. Tell me what, what you did. It needs to be explained. In a, in a fun, memorable way. I've heard Kelly Shackelford explain the idea of the wall of separation between church and state. Everybody thinks it's in the Constitution. It's not. It's not in, not in the law. It came from a less simple letter written by Thomas Jefferson to a group of believers in Danbury, Connecticut, who were concerned that the government was going to tell them what to believe, like the Church of England did before they came to America. And you decided to get creative with it. And I want to show people what you did, okay. and then we'll talk about it, unpack all the thoughts in there, okay? So this is something called No Better Letter. Back when our nation had just begun, a letter was written in 1801. It was sent from a group of women and men, and it went to the man who was president then. Thomas Jefferson was his name. One day, to his desk, their letter came. They wrote with respect and great etiquette from the town of Danbury, there in Connecticut. They asked Mr. Jefferson, will we be free to worship with total security? Are we, the people, allowed to determine the contents of every Sunday sermon? Or will we be told what we have to teach? Will it be controlled what the preacher can preach? Will we be free what to say in a prayer? And will we be free to pray anywhere? Would you, Mr. President, please guarantee to protect this sacred liberty? Then on the first day of 1802, the president pondered what he should do. He gave their letter a long, hard think, then dipped his quill in his bottle of ink. Jefferson told them, please have no fear. As you worship God, we won't interfere. In our great country, the law will permit every person to worship as they see fit. You'll never be told how or where you can pray or what to believe in your personal way. Each person's beliefs are fully respected, a right that will always be fully protected. No one will tell you what must be believed or how to practice the faith you've received. It's a right that comes not from man, but above. We shall not prohibit free exercise thereof. He wrote of a wall that would separate, protecting the church from control by the state. A wall built with laws instead of bricks to thwart fickle winds of politics. It's America's way that must always persist. To cherish these freedoms is why we exist. Jefferson signed, then sealed his letter, and no one could have said it better. He stuck on a stamp and off it went, then back to their town his answer was sent. They opened his letter to all it was read, then they rejoiced when they read what it said. Our church bells will always be free to ring. We'll never be told what to preach, pray, or sing. But sadly, his words have been misunderstood. They've been twisted to do more harm than good. 
His words have been used to tell church people to keep their beliefs walled up in their steeple. Walls keep getting built at a furious pace. The problem is, they're in the wrong place. The wall builders claim it's the job of the state to stop faith from passing beyond the church gate. They say the intention of Jefferson's wall was to give the church almost no freedom at all. And then to add to their confusion, they claim it's in the Constitution. They say when you pray, they'd prefer that you hide. If you pray in public, your rights are denied. And if you dare stand up for what you believe, then others can tell you to get up and leave. But that's not at all what Jefferson meant when his original letter was sent. The wall of separation he wrote about was meant to keep the government out. The rights and freedoms his letter intended will always need to be strongly defended. That's why we have courts where justice shines bright, enforcing our laws and defending this right. And today, at over two centuries later, no president's wisdom has ever been greater. Standing up for our rights, yet kneeling we nod, we're thankful these rights come directly from God. And that is so good. I, I want you to expand on the key point of the whole thing. Sure. Why is it important for people to properly understand the phrase separation of church and state? How does that apply out here in the real world? Well, it's a letter that's been read and misread since 1802. Uh, you hear the wall, people think, oh, well, we got to wall up the church. We got to keep, keep the stuff inside the church, not let it get out. Yeah. He really meant exactly the opposite. We're walling up the government to keep the government from interfering or obstructing with the free exercise of religion. And I always like sharing what happened after he wrote the letter. You know where he was the Sunday after? He went to church at the Capitol. At the Capitol. They had church yeah. services in the U.S. Capitol for 50 years. And after Jefferson wrote about yeah. separation of church and state, that's where he went. And he heard a sermon where they talked about Jesus, that kind of sermon. And, yeah. and he was fine with that. So go. clearly the way he thought about it was yeah. different than the version we're hearing today. Tell me about the production process, putting sure. that video together. It started with... Uh, started with an idea. I listened to Kelly talk about this wall and thought, that's a great story. Why don't more people know this? Especially all these bureaucrats, you know, drunk on their thimble full of power. They need to know about this. Yeah. So I started watching lectures about it, <laughs> a bunch of academic scholars. <laughs> How'd I, that go? I was amazed they could take something so interesting and make it so boring. <laughs> I thought, no, no kid is going to watch this. And I don't think I was taught about this in school. I'm sure kids today aren't. So I thought, what's the best way, the most memorable way to tell this great story. I thought, an epic historical event calls for an epic poem. It takes it to the next level, like the midnight ride of Paul Revere. That's why, that's why it's so etched in our memory now. And I want to make absolutely clear for people, you wrote every word of the poem that's underneath that, and you did a fantastic job with it. Thank you. But it took, it took, took, took a while to get it just right. Yeah. You know, writing iambic pentameter and pacing and rhyming Connecticut was something It's hard to do. <laughs> and, and what are you hoping people do with this once they get it in their hands? I'm what, hoping what they'll you... watch it with their kids, their grandkids. Maybe their kids could show it to their friends. Maybe their kids could take it to school. Homeschoolers could use it in their curriculum at home. And uh, it'd be great if uh, people showed their friends of different political persuasions the history of this concept, too. Yeah, and we showed this video to uh, some of our colleagues here. Wanted to let you hear their reactions to seeing it for the first time. 
I loved it. It gave me chills. I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait for everyone to see it. Yeah, really, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I think it really informs people the right way um, in a fun and kind of unique way, and it, it really includes everybody. Um, chills. I mean, just the entire time. I think it was fantastic. I mean, you know, we live in a really overcomplicated world, don't we? But this is a very simplified way of, of uh, making this message about the, uh, the real meaning of the separation of church and state uh, come alive in ways that people understand. It's so informative in a way that I don't think anyone has ever really known. Uh, you know, it's it, uh, the separation of church and state has always been so contorted and um, just not what it's about. Oh, I thought it was amazing. I mean, I really loved the the strut like the illustrations were beautiful, but also loved how it kind of had a Dr. Seuss type feel. It was so creative and artistically written. The fact that educators can use that in schools. Kids are visual learners. I'd love to show my family. Yeah, fantastic. I've run into a lot of people who want to connect their pastors or their church leaders with more things for kids nowadays, and I feel like this would be perfect for them. Anyone who has grandkids, I know I, I would show it to my grandkids. I think it's fantastic. As soon as I heard it was going to be on Facebook and Instagram and all the all those other platforms that we're all a part of, um, I mean, it was the moment it comes out, I'm sharing to everybody. And I can't help but think that this is a perfect setup for a homeschool lesson. Perfect, yeah. Now, even for not homeschool, but yeah, for a homeschool history lesson. Early America, the the, bill, the freedom of religion, Bill of Rights, First Amendment's perfect. Yeah, very good. Right, where can people find it so they can share it? It's going to be on our First Liberty Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our Instagram. And you can also find it at firstliberty.org, right? Right. All right. Okay. Anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? I think, well, Thomas Jefferson was a lawyer. And I think if he was alive today, he'd be working with First Liberty. <laughs> You'd have an office just down the hall. <laughs> hey, TJ. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Howard, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Great work on that. Thank Very you. nicely done. We will include links uh, along with this video underneath where you can find this and share it with your friends and family or use it for a homeschool lesson or whatever else you'd like to do with it to get the word out there. Thank you for helping us push this out there. Our goal is to help Americans understand the nature of religious freedom in America. We're here to defend religious freedom for all Americans. And I think understanding that basic concept of what Jefferson meant in the separated separation of church and state is an important part of doing that work. First Liberty is your last line of defense and your greatest hope for victory.